Maybe you've been waiting for Sunday. Maybe your heart's beating. Maybe the Holy Spirit is saying, today's the day for you to come into a relationship with me. Maybe today's the day. You'd say, Pastor Cindy, the Lord is speaking to my heart for me to come into this relationship with him. Would you just stand where you are? Thank you, Lord, for the witness of your spirit through Tom's testimony today. I thank you that he's come to know you. I thank you for the good work that you've done in his life in many ways. Thank you for the blessing that he is to this body, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we see Jesus in his life. And I pray today, Father, that you'll just continue to stir our hearts as we listen to the testimonies of our brothers and sisters here in this body, that each one of us, have come to know you in a different way, but we do know you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Children, you may be dismissed for Children's Choir today. We praise and extreme kiss. You'll take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts. As you're doing that, I want to remind you of a bake sale that's going to happen down the hallway after service. And I'll tell you, there's some wonderful things down there. I know you're all going to be having uh, family gatherings, picnics, and the like in the next day or two. Ladies, don't worry about uh, making a dessert. Just stop at the table this morning down the hall. And there's some wonderful things down there like Jenny Spiegelmeyer cupcakes and uh and uh, spring Kiesler sugar cookies and the like. So um, you'll want to stop by and support the children's ministry this morning as you uh, stop by the table this morning. Are you in Acts? Say yes. What chapter? I'm not going to tell you. The whole book. How's that? Well, I'm thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I think we've sensed him here today. Thank you, choir, for that uh, anointed song. May my life praise you. Love those lyrics. They're so true. I'm thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit, kind of caught unawares last week. And uh, if you've been noticing... Uh, the Lord's kept me pretty vulnerable in the pulpit lately. And uh, the message has a way of boomeranging on me, and that's not usually what pastors intend. They intend the message to go out and hit you, and uh, so be it. But uh, lately, the last few weeks, you've noticed that the Holy Spirit's been boomeranging the message, hopefully uh, touching you, but also touching me. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Because the message to you uh, needs to affect me. The message the Lord brings to your heart and wants to strike your heart needs to strike my heart. 
needs to affect me. And uh, so I welcome the effect of the Holy Spirit, even in a public setting like this. And uh, we pray, and maybe you do too, and if not, I encourage you to, when you get ready to come to church on a Sunday morning, I hope it's your prayer, oh Lord, may we see you and hear from you today. That this would be a living experience together. This wouldn't just be a traditional experience or a dutiful experience, but a living experience. And that's my desire when we come together for worship, that we truly meet with God here and not talk about him only, but that we meet with him. And so I'm really thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit um, in our services, and especially last Sunday. I'm very humbled by that, that the Lord would uh, speak to us and through us um, here. Uh, There's a hunger, and I believe there's a hunger in this body, as indicated last week, that we be filled with the Holy Spirit and that he would have power in our lives. This is the more that I was talking about Sunday, and if you were here, you know that I left my message and went somewhere else. And uh, today I'm going to finish the message. Uh, that I had uh, prepared for you last week. Uh, Maybe I should say that in faith. I hope I can finish the message um, from last week and what the Lord has for us. Acts 2, if you'll go there. Talked about Pentecost last week because it was Pentecost Sunday. If you pay attention or notice the the church calendar, the religious calendar, of 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus is Pentecost. And Pentecost is the filling of the Spirit of God in the church of God. And my friends, as I mentioned last week, uh, Pentecost is for today. Pentecost is a historical festival, uh, ritual, feast, if you will, of the Old Testament when Moses went on to Mount Sinai and he encountered the Lord and he received the Mosaic Law. We come to know it as the Ten Commandments. That was the original 50 days, 50 days that followed the exodus of the children of Israel from Egypt. So Pentecost, Acts 2, is not a new holiday. It's not a new calendar event. It's a new application. It's a new revelation, if you will, of God chosen on that day of Pentecost. And we know that the Old Testament prophesied about this day. And not only this day, but the days where the Holy Spirit would fill his people that were to come. You see, the prophet Joel in Joel 2 originally talks about these last days. Peter, in Acts 2, reaffirms what the Holy Spirit is doing in the last days, which the early church lived in the last days. And we, my friends, live in the last days. So the words of Joel were were for the early church, but the words of Joel are also for us today. And Peter recites those words from Joel in Acts chapter 2. Let's look at those words. We talked about them last week briefly. 
Acts chapter 2, we're going down to verse 17. These words spoken by Joel the prophet say, In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Old Testament prophesied about this day in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit came and filled to the brim the church of the living God on that day. And we read last week about the account there in Acts 2, how that took place. You see, the Holy Spirit filled the church at that point, but it was a continual filling. And if you read through the book of Acts, you'll see that the early church experienced the filling once, And again, and again, and again. It's a good reminder to us. The filling of the Holy Spirit isn't a momentary event that happens at one point in our lives. I remember the night that I was baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. I was at church camp. I was a college student. And I remember being at the altar surrendering and yielding and emptying my life before the Lord. And I remember when the Holy Spirit came in and filled my life. And you know what? I knew more about that experience when I left that place of prayer than when I was at that place of prayer. Because my life after that place of prayer was much different than my life preceding that place of prayer. It wasn't so much what happened in the moment. It was more what happened after the moment that proved that the moment happened. Know what I'm saying? Sound like Pastor Matt now. Know what I'm saying? So the early church was filled, but then the holy the, the early church was filled again. And again, in Acts 4, 31, after Peter and John were released from jail, the scripture says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke spoke the word of God boldly. What do you mean? Just two chapters earlier, weren't they filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, they were. But here again in Acts 4, filled again. Notice the evidence. And they spoke the word of God boldly. There was a difference. It made a difference that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The shyness, the timidity, the fear, the sitting in the back seat, the cowering in the closet, the, oh, I hope nobody realizes I'm a Christian, the, the, I hope nobody sees that I'm a believer. I hope I don't get ridiculed. I hope I don't get made fun of. I hope I'm not standing out in a crowd. Oh, I don't want to stand out in a crowd. Oh, Peter stood out in a crowd. How did that happen? 
The Holy Spirit had filled him. Where he cowered before became boldness. 2 Timothy 1.7 For I have not given you a spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. A result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The church of Jesus Christ needs a filling. We need a filling. How do we know we need a filling? Because we need boldness. We need the power to stand up. The power to proclaim. The power to speak forth the word of God. So that lives can be changed. It's an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. We see it in Acts 4. In Acts 6, we see a listing of people, men, full of the Spirit. It was a prerequisite to serve the tables within the church, to be filled with the Spirit of God. Stephen, in fact, was a man, the Scripture said, that was full of the Spirit. He was controlled by the Spirit. He was overtaken by the Spirit. The Spirit had an influence over what he said, where he went, the decisions that he made. He was filled up. And when someone is filled up with the Spirit, all you have to do is touch him and he'll spill over on you. You know people who are filled with the Spirit. You can tell, right? Amen? People who are filled with God's Spirit... And you come close to them, you engage with them, you talk with them, you have uh, time with them, and you recognize the Spirit of God's alive and living in them. They're affecting me. They're affecting me. Stephen had an effect. In fact, he was killed because of the effect that he was having on those around him as he was filled with the Spirit. In Acts 8.17, it says, The Samaritans, upon their salvation, received power. Now, the Samaritans were a motley crew. They were half-breeds. They were Assyrian, and they were Jew. Neither group wanted them. They weren't purists of either culture. And so the Jews shunned them, pushed them away, But yet when salvation came, the the door opened to the the Samaritans. And the Holy Spirit said, come on in. The salvation, this salvation is not just for the Jew. This salvation is for the Gentile. This salvation is even for the Samaritan. At which a lot of Jews went, ooh, seriously? Like them too? Hey, you know what? We all have Samaritan groups in our minds. We all have the Samaritans. And my Samaritan group might not be like yours, but you've got them and so do I. And you know what? Salvation says even the Samaritan groups, come on in. Come on in. And not only do you receive salvation, but power. The scripture says, then Peter and John placed their hands on them, the Samaritans, and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts 10 talks about the Holy Spirit filling the believing Gentiles in Caesarea. And then Acts 19 talks about believers that were filled when Paul placed his hands upon them in Ephesus. Filling. It's a continual experience. So for those of us that have had an 
a time in our life where we can look back and say, the Holy Spirit filled me, we need to realize that the filling of the Holy Spirit is not past. It's not a dose. It's not an experience that we have at one point past that carries us the rest of our lives. It's a continual experience with the Holy Spirit. And part of the reason I believe that it's a continuing experience is because it's based on our yielding. And if you're like me, you're not a good yielder. We're just not wired that way. We're a good holder on her. It's, it, it's, it's easier for us to keep control, to, to, to be predictable, to, to, to have an agenda, to keep our lives under our control. But the Holy Spirit, in order to fill us, we have to give up that control. We have to yield it. We have to, we have to submit ourselves over to the Holy Spirit's control. That's when he comes and he fills us. Keep your finger there in Acts. Let's go over to a, a verse in Ephesians. It's a command, really, that the Apostle Paul gives us. Ephesians chapter 5. start with verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, or because of that fact, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery Instead, be filled with the Spirit. What's Paul talking about there? First of all, he's talking about it's a command. Okay, it's not an option. It's not a, it's not pick and choose. It's a command. He's contrasting being filled with the Spirit with being drunk. And I won't ask the question how many of you in this room have ever been drunk. But for those of you that have been, what happens when you are drunk or you're under the influence of drugs, you have given up control. Isn't that true? The substance has control of you and therefore you respond to the substance. And what the substance is calling you to say, to do, etc., You're under that control. Paul interestingly uses that as a contrast to say there's the control of the Spirit that has similarities to that. That when you live under the control of the Spirit, He governs your thoughts. He governs your words. He governs your decisions. You are under His control. So Paul says, Don't get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit has control of your life only when control is given to Him. Without conditions. Without conditions. We can be very conditional. God, here is, but here isn't. 
God, you can have, but you cannot have. And you know what? That's a very subtle thing for us as believers. Because we're in the mindset, oftentimes, that we're in the category of thinking, God has, oh, God has my life. I've given him my life. But then when we narrow it down to say, well, what about this? Well, I'm going to ask him to tell me how to handle that. When really he's saying, give it to me. Just give, just give it to me. Give me that. Give me that part of you. Hand it to me. Let, let me have control of it. My way. My timing. The way I want to do it. Oh, but Lord, I can give you some really good ideas on how you should handle this. I don't want your ideas. I don't think the Lord needs my ideas. And I have some pretty good ones. I don't think the Lord needs your ideas. And you're far more intelligent than I am. But the Lord is saying, I don't need your ideas. Give it to, just give it to me. Yield. Give me the control. Be vulnerable. Yield your life to me. That's when the Holy Spirit comes and he takes control of our lives. Being filled with the Spirit begins with a hunger. And the reason that I see the hunger in this body is a lot of reasons, but one of the primary reasons is just last Sunday's response. When we said to you, do you sense a hunger inside of you? For more of what God has in your life. And the majority of this congregation said yes. I do, and I know that you do. That's the starting place, my friend, of where the Holy Spirit comes in and fills your life more and more and more. That's what you need. That's what I need. This, this, this desire leads to an asking to a seeking, to a openness, to a vulnerability, to a search. Maybe this week you've experienced that I have more of a seeking, more of a searching, more of a desire, more of a looking for the filling of God's Holy Spirit in my life. It should be the prayer that we pray as we set our feet on the floor in the morning. Holy Spirit... Fill me with your presence and power today. Fill me. Take control of my life. My decisions are your decisions. The things before me are the things that should be before you today. Have my life. Take control of my life. Move through me. Work through me. This week I was meeting with somebody at Panera in Macedonia. And at the conclusion of our meeting, I'd been drinking this big iced tea. Iced teas grow. Big iced tea. Drinking this iced tea. And after our meeting, I thought, well, I'm going to run to the restroom, and then I'm going to hit the road and come back to the church. And so I set my refill on the table, and I went into the restroom. And and, uh, while I was in there, I heard... 
I didn't notice anyone when I had went in. But I came out to wash my hands and I turned the corner and here's a Panera employee just sobbing. Now, you have a moment. Am I in control? Hey, I got to get back to the church, you know. And they got to get back to work. They're on the clock. Maybe, maybe somebody else in their life can help them today. I was washing my hands and they were trying to get themselves together. And the Holy Spirit said, you, you need to just talk to her. And you know what? I mean, some of you don't know this, but I'm an introvert by nature. You go, really? You are? Oh, yeah, I am. I would rather just stay on my little path and do what's in front of me. I would rather do that. And I thought, what am I going to say to her? I, I, don't, I don't know her. I don't know what she's going through. I, and the Holy Spirit said, that's not, that's not up to you. You step in. So I said, excuse me. I said, are you all right? You okay? And she said, I just lost my dad. My dad just died this week, and I just am having a hard time keeping it together at work today. And I just let her talk. And I said, can we just stop and pray? I'm standing in the Panera ladies' room. Can, can we just, can I pray for you? She said, would you pray for me? Would you just pray that God helps me? I said, do you know Jesus? She says, I do know Jesus. And I said, let me pray for you. And I just took a moment. We just prayed for about 30 seconds. And she went back out onto the floor. The Holy Spirit guides and controls and leads. We've got to be responsive. I believe today in your life, if you're hungering for the Holy Spirit to use you and fill you, there will be an opportunity for you today. I believe it. You may have already had it this morning already before you came. But I can guarantee you, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear and a desire to be filled, God will open up opportunities more than you could ever imagine. And then he watches us. Will you step into it? Will you step into it? Will you speak up? Will you say something? Will you do something? Will you be my hands and feet? Will you be my ambassador in this moment? I will fill you with my Holy Spirit. It's really not about you, so don't worry about you. It's about me, and I'm going to do something through you right now if you'll step in. But I'm not going to step out of your body to do it. I'm going to step through you. I'm going to work through you. I'm going to love through you. That's what can happen when we're filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. As we yield our life to the Holy Spirit by invitation... And by faith, he comes and he fills our lives. Be prepared. When the Holy Spirit comes and fills your life, he's going to change it. He's going to change it. He's going to turn you on your head. He's going to turn your life upside down in some ways that are going to make you a little nervous. But you know what? It's going to be exciting. To see what the Holy Spirit does in your life. First of all, when the Holy Spirit fills your life, the Bible comes alive to you. The Bible leaps off the page. The, the truth comes into your heart, into your life. And all of a sudden, it, it's living. It's alive. 
Is the scripture alive and inspired on its own? Yes. But when the alive, living word of God meets the spirit of God in a believer, it comes alive inside of that believer. So the Bible comes alive inside of you. 2 Timothy 1.7, I mentioned it earlier. Your timidity and your fear will be replaced with a boldness to live for Christ. Aren't you tired of being afraid and timid? And like you walk away from an opportunity and go, why didn't I speak up? Why didn't, why didn't I do something? Why didn't I enter into that? I, I just was afraid. I was timid. I was shy. I was afraid I w- wouldn't have the things to say. I, w- I was afraid I wouldn't do the right thing. We're so caught up in ourselves. We're so occupied with ourselves. We're so preoccupied with ourselves. And it's really when the Holy Spirit fills us, it's not about us anymore. What's comfortable for us? And can we say the right things? Can we do the right things? The Holy Spirit just says, step in and I'll fill your mouth. Step up and I'll do something through you. You don't know what's going to happen here because I'm in charge of what's happening here. I'm in charge of you and I'm in charge of them and I'm in charge of what's happening here. The timidity and the fear replaced with boldness. That was one of the things that happened in my life when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the reason that I knew it I was a junior in high school, and the reason that I knew it is the lunchroom table that I sat at my freshman year, my sophomore year, and half of my junior year, the people that sat with me at lunch every day didn't know I was a Christian. They knew I was a good person. They knew I was a church person. They didn't know I was a Christian because my mouth was I used to think, my life will show them. I will live my life before them, and they will know I love Jesus. You know all that they knew? You're a good person. (laughs) They didn't know who to attribute it to. They just knew, oh, Cindy's a good person. There's things she doesn't do and things that she does, and she's a church person. But after I was filled with the Holy Spirit... My second semester, I led someone to the Lord at my lunch table. And the reason I led someone to the Lord at my lunch table was because I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I spoke up. And I was bold. And the very person I had been sitting with at with the, that lunch table for two and a half years accepted Christ at the lunch table because of the Holy Spirit in me. That's not me, friends. That's the Holy Spirit. He blows away the timidity and the fear. There's evidence in your life when the Holy Spirit has control. Evidence is like this. Because the fruit of God's Spirit in you is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faith, gentleness and self-control, rather than... The verses that precede it, hatred, jealousy, fits of rage, selfishness, envy, and others. Why are those there? Because the Spirit is not filling you. The Spirit is not filling me. When the Spirit fills us, hatred becomes love. Jealousy becomes peace. Fits of rage becomes patience. Self-centeredness becomes self-control. 
It's an evidence that God's Spirit is filling you when that is a description of your life. When that's not a description of your life, there's room for filling. There's room for filling. The Holy Spirit will give you power to obey Him when we're filled with His Spirit. He'll give us that power. Skip down with me as we close to Acts. Let's go back to Acts and we'll finish here. End of Acts, chapter 2. Not only were people's individual lives affected, but the church was affected when the Spirit of God was poured out and people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Church became more than just a weekly gathering. It became more than just somewhere to go or an opportunity to see people that I like or it's about uh, doing my duty. It's about pleasing God. It's about making Him like me more if I go to church. It's about, it's more than just being uh, about something that is part of your weekly schedule. Something happened to the church when the Holy Spirit filled those people. And it's about now who you belong to. Notice there in verse 42, if you have the NIV, it says, they devoted themselves. They became devoted. And then there's a list there of the things that they became devoted to. They became associated closely. They became personally involved. It has with it the idea of depth and giving of time and giving of yourself to take to your heart the things that are listed here, like the apostles' teaching, fellowship, prayer. That became the essence of the early church. Not what television program is on tonight. Not what movie is out not what song is playing, but how can I be devoted to God and to His mission through me on the earth? Their sense of devotion shifted from being culturally minded to being church minded, to be fellowship minded. Notice in verse 46, it has with it the idea of every day. What does that mean? It was the fabric of their life, their culture, their family. Their closest relationships were within the body of Christ. It was family. It was depth. It was reliance. It was love. It was daily. They had sincere, transparent, real relationships with one another. For this to happen in the church today takes devotion. Devotion is a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit fills us, our devotion deepens. How do we become more committed to one another? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit and His presence in our life that create a devotion for one another. What the Holy Spirit did in the church, at the very end there, you see it in verse 47. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, when the Holy Spirit fills a church, the Lord adds to it. 
Sometimes we as American Christians are so concerned about how can we get out and grow the church? How can we reach people? How can we bring more people in? How can we affect the lives of more people? Let me offer you a very simple answer to that. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a second. That's not like a program. That's not like, you know, learning the Romans road. That's not like knocking on doors. That's, you know, wait a second. That just doesn't seem to connect. Oh, yes, the connection is this. When the Holy Spirit fills the people of God, something happens to draw and attract. The Holy Spirit is attractive in people. He filled Jesus. and Jesus was a people magnet. He could hardly get away from them most of the time. Why? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. People were drawn to his message, drawn to his person. It was the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit fills our lives and we give him control of our lives and we move in that control, the Lord will add to the church. And he'll add to the church through you and he'll add to the church through me. Remember Joel 2. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did you ever see those verses together before? And I will pour out my spirit on all people, on all flesh. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. They fit together. They work together. Our place, my friend, is to be yielded. Our place, my friend, is to be allowing the Lord to take over, to give over to him, to yield to him. Because the filling of the Holy Spirit is not just for the apostles. And some today would say that. Some people that are going to heaven with us would say, the Holy Spirit was for the inception of the church. To get the church on its feet. To get the leaders empowered. Because they had a big work to do. And now that that work has been started, the Holy Spirit is not as active. He doesn't fill believers any longer. Why would Paul write in Ephesians 5, but be filled with the Holy Spirit? To a church that was decades older, He was still saying to those believers in those early days, you still be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if the early church needed a filling of the Holy Spirit, guess what we need? We need a filling of the Holy Spirit. I need that. How about you? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you will continue to stir that hunger in this congregation. There is, Lord, more. There's more for us to know of you. There's more for us to move in as a result of what you show us. There's also more to receive from you. There's also more to yield to you. There's also more to submit to you. 
there's also more to put into your hands and under your control. And so, Lord, today I pray over Victory Life Church. Lord, Victory Life is a great church. Victory Life, Lord, has wonderful people. You know that full well. Victory Life has people who really sincerely love you. They want to follow you. They want to know you. They want their lives to affect the lives of those around them, their family, their workplaces, their neighborhoods. Lord, they want you to do something in their lives, Lord, that would bring you glory and honor and praise. But Lord, even as good as we are, we need to be filled with your Holy Spirit's power. And so in this moment, Lord, we continue to ask. We continue to seek. We continue to hunger after your Holy Spirit, Lord. And we receive in faith today the Spirit of the living God. As I pray, just if that's your desire, just, just lift a hand. Just where you're sitting. Just lift a hand to the Lord. Lord, we lift our hands because we acknowledge that we want to be filled with your Spirit more. We want your Spirit to have greater influence and control in our lives. Lord, that the life of God might move through us. Not religion. Lord, not legalism. Not judgment. But life. And that comes by your Holy Spirit. So Lord, today, as our hand is lifted to you, I pray that you will take that lifted hand as a request, as an invitation to come and to fill your people afresh and anew today. And may we continue to ask and to live in the filling of the Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand?